Uh, by the way, I want to say this before we, we, we go on. WGNS is a, is a growing station. They're expanding the coverage in North Rutherford County. Uh, if you're in Smyrna, listen in on FM 100.5. If you're in Murfreesboro, tune to FM 101.9 and, of course, AM 1450. And, uh, of course, you can listen via the Internet, of course, WGNSradio.com. If you listen to 100.5 in Murfreesboro, you'll want to switch to 101.9 FM before January 1st, which is our 75th birthday. So we're excited about that. Putting up another tower, I believe, down there. Is that right, Jackson? Have you heard about that? I believe they're going to expand our signal down there. And uh, maybe even move into uh, the southern part of Davidson County. So who knows, you know. We're, we're blowing and growing around here. And like I said, trust everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I'm going it alone tonight. I'm going to need your help. I need your calls. I need your comments. I need you to be angry, mad, happy, or sad, whatever you want to do. But for right now, let's get this thing started. However, right now, my name is Emily Raymer, and yes, I am still a private investigator. Welcome aboard. This is the Edwin Lee Raymer Show with your host, Ed Raymer, on your good neighbor station, News Radio, WGNS Murfreesboro. And that is a little stiff upper lip from ACDC. And this is Edwin Lee Raymond Show, and I'm your host, Ed Raymond. This show is produced at the studios of WGNS AM 1450, 100.5, or 101.9 FM, right here in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can reach us tonight with your questions, comments, ideas, and text at 615-893-1450. at 615-893-1450. You can also send us a text at that number, like I said, and Jackson will be glad to take it down, write it down, or read it for you over the air if you don't want to be on the air live. You can also listen to us, as I stated earlier, via the Internet at WGNSRadio.com. And you can see us on Facebook if you want to look at my ugly mug, and I'm on there right now. Jackson's got it up and running. On Facebook at the Evan Lee Raymer Show on WGNS. You can also download the WGNS app, and you can take WGNS with you wherever you go. Listen whenever you wish. Listen to Stephen Reynolds. His podcast is a good show. Uh, we trade information back and forth on there. Uh, and Angela Bingham, who's on here every Sunday night at 6, uh, she's doing a great job. She's in her fourth year, I believe, with Simplicity. Just doing a fantastic job, bang-up job. Um, like I said, trust everyone has had a uh, had a good holiday weekend. I'm going to bounce all over the place tonight, okay? And politically, and if you've got an idea, please call in. I've got something I'm going to play for you. You know, I've had something bouncing around in my head. Um, and I want you to think about this, and and don't go running off the deep end here and think, well, he's finally lost his marbles. Why are we paying for basic food staples? Now, wait a minute. I'm not talking about if you want that, you know, 32-ounce tomahawk chop ribeye steak. you got to go buy that, okay? Everyone knows the cheapest place to shop in the grocery store is in the produce aisle, Okay? Now, why 
could we not subsidize farmers? It's just an idea. And you could have potatoes, beans, greens, carrots, cucumbers, list, onions. list goes on and on. You know, I came from a time, you, you get a you know thing of beans at store for what a buck. You throw that about half of that and half a bag of those into a pot of hot water, let them cook for a few hours, throw you some throw you some some hog fat in there to give it some salt, and then the secret ingredient, of course, a little bit of sugar, and you've got a meal for pennies on the dollar. It's just an idea that farmers could be subsidized, and I think in this new um, package that the Biden administration is putting forth, there may be some of that in there. Now, we don't know yet. We're going to have to get a good look at it. But after the Senate's done with it, goodness knows what will happen. Jumping Joe Manchin, God only knows what he'll come up with. I'm sorry about that. But, I mean, he's all over the map. I don't believe he even knows where he is. But um, I want you to listen to this. Uh, That's just something I threw in there. This is from CNN. It was an interview that President former President Nixon did, before his passing, of course, with, of all people, Pat Buchanan. And one of Mr. Buchanan's uh, questions to him, because Pat Buchanan had worked for President Nixon in the White House, and who are the greatest politicians? Now, this is an interesting, this always struck me as an interesting answer, okay? And I want all of y'all to listen to this, if you would. Jackson, will you play that clip for him, please? This is from, I think, 1983, long after the Reagan Revolution had started. And I want you to list what President Nixon has to say when he's asked, who are, your, who are the greatest politicians? Go ahead, Jack. There's no question in my mind that in this century, the three greatest politicians, active politicians, were Theodore Roosevelt, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and Lyndon Johnson. Nobody else of the presidents was in their league as political operators. It's good. That's fine. Thank you, Jax. Teddy Roosevelt. Franklin D. Roosevelt. Lyndon Baines Johnson. What did they do? Okay, I'm going to tell you. Teddy Roosevelt, if you don't know your history, took on big business. He said, big business cannot run government. Sound familiar? Sounds like it's what we're into today. Where lobbyists and corporations and, you know, corporations are people too. And all that. Don't give me that stuff. Come on. You want them because they contribute money to you, to your political campaign, your political action committee. Okay. Teddy Roosevelt brought about the Securities and Exchange Commission which galled John D. Rockefeller, because Rockefeller was killing people. He's had a gas station in one town. He had, what, four or five hundred stations. He could put a person out of business in a matter of just hours like that. He'd practically give away gas while the other station was trying to make a, make a go of it. Well, where do you think the people were going to go? They were going to go, times were hard, they're going to go, where the price was cheap, or where he was there to, able to give it away. Before you know it, his competition's gone. Guess what? Now our price is back up to normal. That's what Teddy Roosevelt did. He stopped conglomerates from taking over the country. Now it looks like we're headed right back the other way now. 
Now, of course, we all know FDR, the New Deal, okay? I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to keep pounding this drum. I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it from me. I want you to know it. The New Deal, and we look this up, in today's dollars, with TVA and everything, where a lot of people went to work, a lot of people in my family worked there, okay? I had two uncles I know for a fact that worked there and probably other people that I wasn't aware of, that TVA provided them a very good living. And I'm talking about in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, okay? Franklin Roosevelt, that deal in today's dollars would have cost $1.8 trillion, okay? President Biden is asking for, and I think, frankly, should get it, $1.9 trillion. Folks, it is time to fix up the 70- and 80-year-old projects that are in deter- they're deteriorating. Bridges, roads. I know you're sick of hearing about it. I know it's not, it's not sexy. I know it's not fancy. But, you know, did you drive on a road today? Did you flip on a light switch and your lights came on in your house? Did you turn the tap and you had water? Sure you did. Most of you did, I'm sure. So if you hadn't been able to pay your bill or whatever, maybe you didn't. But most of us do. You make provisions for that. Bills that have to be paid. Think about it. $1.9 trillion, and I've seen some of these bridges. And I've taken a look at them. And they are in very, very much need of repair. Or some of them, replacement. There's a bridge up here that goes from Ohio to Kentucky. Mitch McConnell is just jumping up and down over this deal. He won't let it be known, but he's tickled to death. Maybe that thing can finally be replaced. My son, our son, has been on that bridge. And he says it is rickety. Believe me. Had a good friend of his, but he went up there and helped move down here. He was in Ohio. Came back down here. They were in Cleveland. I still have family in Cleveland, by the way. I hope some of them are listening tonight. But if they're not, some of my family in Southern Kentucky, give them a call and tell them turn turn the radio on. Get on the Internet. They can hear me. But that bridge is about dilapidated. People are in fear of this bridge, okay? Now, Jackson, I don't have a clock. If you could get me one, I'd appreciate it. Okay, I see where I'm at now. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what. Think that over. And uh, the three greatest – I thought that was very interesting from from President Nixon. Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and Lyndon Baines Johnson, who brought about the, you know, the great society, you know, great society, brought about Medicare, Medicaid, to take care of our elderly, that they wouldn't lose everything they had if they had medical – care of some type and people now are hollering medicare for all i agree i couldn't agree more it should be a right in this country we're going to go to our first series of breaks jackson be good enough to take us to it you're listening to me ed raymer here on the Evelyn raymer show on wgns we're going to be back in just about three or four minutes stay with us
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Michelle Hauser coming to you from Hauser & Associates. We are a law firm that is dedicated to family law and serving for those individuals that have family law needs. You can contact us through uh, our telephone is 615-801-8602, or you can also reach us through Facebook or our website, which is www.burrow.com. FamilyLegal.com. That's Hello, everyone. It's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow, give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at PI of MT. That's PIOfMT.com. Hey, this is Ed, everybody. Want to tell you about a sponsor of ours. We've got Complete Yard Care. Their slogan is, we do it all. Low-maintenance landscape design, retaining walls, tree removal, stump grinding, lawns cut mulching, landscaping. Now, you can reach them at 615-785-0384. Or you can look them up on the web at CompleteYardCareTN.com. They have a five-star ranking on Google. That's complete yard care. We do it all. Hey, this is Ed, everybody. Want to tell you about a sponsor of ours. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking and hope to start living. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard, right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Muller's Jewelers, 352 West Northfield Boulevard, right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. this thing together as best we can. Jackson is still relatively new here. Uh, I want to play you something that uh, Jack's been good enough to pull up for me. This is from a fellow by the name of Jesse Dollimore. Now, Mr. Dollimore, who I have not spoken to, I have not had the privilege, I want to make a call to him at some point in the future. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. He's all over the place. He's a former United States Marine. Uh, and He's giving commentary, which I think is reasonable, and uh, this is about 10 minutes. I want you to hear this segment. Uh, this is on Roger Stone is turning on Trump insiders Steve Bannon and Katrina Pearson. Jax, go ahead and play that, please. This is from the Dollamore Daily, and I think this was done about November 28th. Go ahead. Like rats off of a sinking ship. 
That is what's taking place in MAGA world. For those who were involved, intimately involved in the planning and orchestration of the attempted overthrow of the United States government. An election didn't go their way, so they tried to conduct a coup to reinsert Donald Trump as president of the United States. A guy who lost the election by 7 million votes, they wanted him back. So no matter what the cost to our democracy, no matter what the cost to human life, they attempted to overthrow and overturn a free and fair American election. And now that the investigation is taking place, now that subpoenas are being issued, now that jail sentences are being handed down, they're turning on one another. It's already been reported, I've talked about it, that there are low-level, like lesser-known names who are giving up the goods. And now, people like Roger Stone are also turning on Trump insiders, including Katrina Pearson, which I'm going to talk about today, but also, in smaller measure, more silent or quiet measure, Steve Bannon. The two, two of the biggest bigwigs related to January 6th, in an attempt to burn down the country, are at odds with one another. I'm going to read a little bit from this Newsweek article. So let's say you have to read an incredibly long email from your boss that you have to finish before the big meeting starts. Roger Stone claims ex-Trump aide Katrina Pearson deeply Sorry involved about that, with January 6th violence. Roger Stone, an ally of ex-President Donald Trump, claimed this week that former Trump aide Katrina Pearson was deeply involved, quote-unquote, deeply involved with the violence of the January 6th attack targeting the United States Capitol. And by virtue of attack on the United States Capitol, it was an attack on American democracy itself. It was an attack on your vote for Joe Biden. It was an attack on you. Posting to Telegram early Thursday morning, Stone appeared to suggest that Pearson deserved a great deal of blame for the pro-Trump attack against the legislative branch of the government. It wasn't just, listen, Newsweek, it wasn't just an attack on the legislative branch of government. It was an attack on all of us. It was an attack on individual Americans who cast a vote for Joe Biden. It was an attack on even conservative Americans who voted for Trump who believe in the integrity of American democracy. Let's not par this down, boil this down to some level that it's, it's, it's more than. Stone also seemed to be unaware that Pearson, like himself, has been subpoenaed by the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack. Quote, given what I know, I am perplexed as to why the January 6th committee has not issued a subpoena to Katrina Pearson. In other words, someone deeply involved in the violent and unlawful acts of January 6th, rather than me, given that I was not there and have no advanced knowledge or involvement whatsoever in the events at the Capitol that day. Hashtag January 6th committee. Stone wrote this in a message to his Telegram channel subscribers. Listen. Roger Stone for years has been, for decades, for decades, multiple decades, going back to Richard Nixon, has been known as a, uh, a fumbling, dirty trickster in politics. He's a dumb guy, to be sure. He's got a massive tattoo of Richard Nixon's stupid face 
right between his shoulder blades on his back. That should tell you just about everything you need to know about dumb, dumb Roger Stone. Despite Stone's claim, Pearson has been subpoenaed, but despite his claim that she wasn't subpoenaed or his misunderstanding, his lack of understanding of what the consequences are and what's taking place relative to the investigation. Despite Stone's claim, Pearson has been subpoenaed by the House Select Committee. In total, as of Monday, some 40 individuals from Trump's orbit have been subpoenaed by the committee. Stone, a political consultant, to put it very nicely, was subpoenaed in the last batch of five subpoenas issued last week. I did a video about that. If you want to learn about that, go back to last week's video. You'll see it. Pearson served as a national spokesperson for Trump's 2016 campaign. The longtime Trump ally was brought in to arrange with the White House who would share the stage with the then president during the January 6th rally event just ahead of the Capitol attack. Federal Election Commission records show that the Trump campaign paid Pearson 10,000 bucks every two weeks for her work from September 19 to December 2020, the Associated Press previously reported. In an earlier post on Telegram, Stone also appeared to place suspicion on Trump's former White House chief strategist, Steve Bannon. Quote, and listen, before I even get to the quote, this is the remarkable moment. This is the headline that not only is, is Roger Stone going after small fry Katrina Pearson, he's also casting aspersions and doubt on Steve Bannon who very well could be the architect of this entire thing. The week before, in the days leading up to the insurrection, the failed coup, the failed uh, overturning of an election, Steve Bannon was on the airwaves on his dumb show, laying out the groundwork for what was gonna take place, warning the world that it was gonna be a crazy event, that all hell would break loose. Here's the quote from Stone. Quote, I can't discuss the January 6th committee subpoena other than to say they seem very interested in the relationship between Steve Bannon and Jeffrey Epstein. Hashtag stone cold truth. Who knows with Roger Stone? He's a liar. So maybe he's just whipping up conspiracy but he's certainly trying to cast the, the shadow of investigation off of himself and place it elsewhere, whether that be Katrina Pearson or Steve Bannon. Hundreds of Trump supporters attacked the United States Capitol on January 6th after the then president spoke at a nearby rally by the White House. Trump urged his supporters to march to the Capitol and fight like hell. You'll remember Trump even said he was gonna walk up there with them inciting which he did not do the by the way an insurrection that not only took place but was planned to take place many of his supporters went on to do just that disrupting the formal certification of president joe biden's electoral college win although trump and his allies continue to claim that the 2020 election was rigged or stolen in favor of Biden, they have not brought forward any evidence substantiating this extraordinary allegation. Dozens of election challenge lawsuits have failed in state and federal courts. Even judges appointed by Trump and other Republicans have rejected the claims. Meanwhile, audits and recounts across the country have consistently reaffirmed 
Biden's victory. Dozens of court cases, almost 60 have been thrown out of court, even by Trump judges, because there is no evidence. Dumb, dumb, my pillow guy, Mike Lindell, the goof extraordinaire, keeps kicking the can down the road, changing his predictions, lying about Supreme Court cases. We've got all the evidence. We're going to show it. Then no evidence. He was supposed to have been uh, reinstated the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, by the way. Because there is none to fabricate. It's all lies. It's all conspiracy. And they're so upset about it, they're willing to tear down the very fabric of our democracy. What do you think, though? I would love, absolutely love to know what you think. Call, leave me a brief voicemail, 7145. Okay. Folks, what do you think about that? And by the way, this came out, I got this from the David Pakman Show, October 30th. Uh, he, again, you can find him on um, on YouTube. Uh, they, he calls him Mike Pillow. <laughs> Not the My Pillow guys, he calls him Mike Pillow. The new deadline is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, is Biden still, is he still president? I guess he is. I think so. Okay, we agree. Okay, I guess we, some of us can agree on that, I guess. What will the next deadline be? New Year's Day? What do you think? <laughs> These people are something else, man. <laughs> I got changed. I just wanted to play that for you. We've got another one loaded up we're going to have here in just a minute. Speaking of Steve Bannon, um, we're not going to play this, okay? I want to read this to you. This was on Michael Moore's reaction to Steve Bannon indictment. And uh, the Eamon Show, Eamon, Eamon Show, A-Y-M-A-N, on MSNBC. Uh First part of this Republican contest, all they want to talk about is their religion. <coughs> they don't want to talk about their taxes or anything about their income. Steve Bannon's, for, this is according to Market Realist. I want, to, I want to run this by you, something I've been thinking about. Former Trump advisor Steve Bannon earned money from Seinfeld. Okay, he did very well. This is uh, an article by Dan Clarendon. Clarendon. Uh, from August 11th, 2021. Now, here's here's some of what it says. He didn't even last seven months in the White House, but Steve Bannon's reported net worth, if accurate, means that he never has to work another day in his life. Nevertheless, the scandal-plagued political strategist and former Breitbart News chairman continues to work and host the podcast War Room. Now, I want to ask you something. Listen to this. Steve Bannon, according to this report, had a net worth of as much as $48 million in 2017. As Forbes reported on in April of 2017, more than halfway through Bannon's tenure as senior counselor and chief strategist <laughs> to ex-President Trump, Bannon was worth between nine point five million and forty eight million at the time. Now that's a big that's that's a big gap, I understand. That's that's their numbers, not mine. He is currently worth twenty million according to celebrity net worth. Now all those numbers can bounce around. Here's my question. First of all, his wealth during 
ex-President Trump's tenure, according to this, he lost more than half his value. That's his man. Okay? Second of all, I'm curious to know why a man who has done so well in life wants to tear down our government, your government. What has this country done to him that is so horrible? He encouraged the January 6th because on one of his podcasts or one of his, his, his broadcasts in the war room the day before, and I think it may have been a day or two before, January 6th, all heck is going to break loose. He used another term. all Because that all heck is going to break loose. They knew exactly what was happening and where they were headed, okay? And by the way, we still have five people dead over that situation. I wonder how their parents felt this past Thanksgiving, this past Thursday. Just a thought. But a man worth, let's say, $20 million, that's a lot of money, okay? Let me ask you something. Why would you want to tinker with a country that's been so good to you? Why? What joy do you get out of that? $20 million, if that is his worth, and I have a feeling it is. I have a feeling it may be more than that. Why? What is the purpose of this? Now, I'm not saying things in government always stay the same and all that. I understand. But why would you, what, would, what is the, the, the purpose of doing this to tear down the government? And Bannon has said openly, We're, it's time to form a new government or something to that effect. Okay? He lives for this. I do not understand why why a person, why would you want to be against something that a country, a nation, and political leaders that have been, the system has benefited you very well and continues to benefit him. And that's fine. That's, That's great. That's free enterprise. That's what it's all about. You know, that's America. That's what it's all about. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand why he you know, and they're they're just bent on tearing the government apart. We have a caller. We have a caller on the line. Caller, go ahead. I'll shut up. And listen to you for a while. Go ahead. Hey, hey Mister Ryan. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Jeff, same to you, my friend. Thank you for calling. How are you? I've been pretty good. I just wanted to say, uh, yeah, you used to talk about all that, all that stuff. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it, but Trump said we was running for president before he said everybody was taking us to the cleaners, China, all these other countries. Of course, I heard him on some thing a couple weeks ago. He was talking about if he had won re-election, the wall was going to get completed. And it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. You know that, and I know it too. Yeah, and then he talked about other stuff like the trade deals he was going to make. And of course, he blames Biden for all the stuff now, the gas prices and the all the other stuff, the inflation and all that. But, uh, of course, like you say, the infrastructure is something, something we do need. Uh, we do need better roads and, and bridges, things like that, as far as, you know, uh, highways and, 
and such, uh, you know, in terms of that. But uh, you, you, you know, you know, the, you know, you know, you know, the Republicans don't want to pay for nothing. They want to, you know, they, they want everything free. But uh, you know, the infrastructure bill, I know it's going to the Senate now, and uh, or or, uh, or, uh, or whatever. But you know, the, the Bill Back Better bill, I know uh, the two senators, I know uh, Blackburn and uh, and Haggard, that they voted against it. Oh yes, they'll be voting so against voted, it. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's no help from those people coming for anything except some yeah, well, yeah, PAC committee course, or somebody they give money Blackburn, to. Blackburn do whatever whatever Trump says. If Blackburn, if Trump, Trump says Blackburn to jump, she'll ask how high. So you know how what Blackburn. Sure. Is. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's ridiculous. I I never did. Uh, you know, I was an Obama man. I was Clinton man, but I didn't like everything they did. Oh no, I didn't either. I didn't you know, it's unbelievable. Myself. I mean. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I don't like everything probably President Biden does, but I've spoke with some of these people, and this thing is not near as easy as it looks. And this is what I was talking about with Steve Bannon. You know, when you deal, Jeff, and you've been around a little bit, you're no, you know, you, you're no, I mean, you're not a professional politician, but you've seen that. You've lived a little bit. When you get at that level, like with Bannon at the White House, you better know your way around the system pretty good. And these people oh, do yeah. nothing about it. Yeah, oh yeah, well that, that's the thing. That's the thing that they always talk about the, the draining the swamp and all this, all this that and the other thing, and all all this, all this that and the other. And they did but, nothing uh, but increase it. I know that's what I'm saying. That's all. That's all they ever did. Go, go, we string and hear some some of this stuff on the other on the other uh, other channels. All we hear about now is how is how uh, is how uh, you know Biden needs to take a cognitive test, and then now and Trump says now that every president needs to take a cognitive test before they run for office and all this that and the other. You know, and all this stuff. <laughs> Jeff, thank you very much. A loyal listener and a loyal listener of WGNS. Thank you, Jeff Neal. We appreciate you. And I think he does a little writing. I believe I'll stand corrected on this with uh, uh, the Murfreesboro Post. He does. He's done a few articles along the sports line, I believe, and maybe some other things. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you so much. And uh, we, uh, we were talking about that. And, uh, by the way, the wall, I think... The only part, I, I did some research on that last night. The only parts of the wall or fence that were, were done mostly were fencing that were there already in place. They needed repair. Sound familiar? <laughs> Sound, does it? You know, of which, as I understand, uh, Trump took money from the Department of Defense, I believe. You know those guys, uh, they call them, I think, uh, they're generals. They're with what's called the Joint Chiefs of Staff. What do you say we take some advice from those guys every once in a while? What do you think? Boy, that'd be a rival idea, wouldn't it? You think they might know what they're talking about? And by the way, this is something a lot of people didn't think about. We pulled it up last night you know, many of this, when Trump talked about, you know, how bad the military was and all that, and not wanting to fund them and all that, or pulling money from their funding, okay? Those people, by the way, 
those men and women in military, some of those have lost their, their sons and daughters to the service of this nation. That little tidbit escaped, I guess. Have a feeling. Have a feeling that some of those people in the Trump administration would not have been invited to their table for Thanksgiving dinner. Let me tell you something, folks. When you are worth as much money as Steve Bannon is, and you're out here crusading around the country, that you are against, against a nation that's been so good to you, folks, you got yourself a problem. You're worth anywhere from 20 to $40 million, and you're wanting to put up a new form of government? I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay? Now, we've got another group of people that are here. Um, it's the American Readout, R-E-D-O-U-B-T. This is from YouTube. You can look this up. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to have Jackson play this. Trump voters dis- building a new state. This is from the Times documentaries. Their thinking is that, quote, we as individuals must have more weapons than our government. My question for you, know-it-alls, is how many firearms will it take for you to take charge of the government? Now, first of all, if you're wanting to take over a state, let's stop your federal funding right now, okay? Because you don't want it anyway, right? Or could it be that you do want it? Think about that. Talk to the mayors of this nation, towns, cities, large or small. Federal funding is crucial. This infrastructure bill is crucial to the future of this nation. It is time. Now, I know I'm on a stump tonight, but I don't care. I like doing this every once in a while. It keeps me on my toes. And I want to tell you something. This bill, if it is not passed in its entirety, these senators and congressmen that vote against it are doing this nation a great disservice. Now, I'm not saying you got to go down the road throwing out $100 bills fistful at a time to keep people happy. I know that. And you've got to be, you've got to be prudent with things. I understand. But here's the thing. Who's going to take care of it? If not now, when? Ten years from now? That's what we've been doing. Everybody's been kicking the can down the road. And President Biden, and I know good and well, I think his age played into it. He's accomplished everything he needs to accomplish. He's had the Presidential Medal of Freedom awarded to him. For goodness sakes, he's been Vice President of the United States under Barack Obama for eight years. His wife is a doctor. She teaches also. Fantastic people. Wonderful family. Lost his first wife and daughter. Tragic car crash. Lost his son to cancer. And you have your doubts about him. You're... You're concerned about his well-being. Don't give me that stuff. Don't do it. By the way, the first thing you'll need is you'll need to buy some tanks, I guess, to surround yourself and fortify yourself from the government that you people out there and Steve Bannon are wanting to do away with. 
I've got a clip that I want to play for you. Jackson's got it pulled up for us. And this is from um, Rachel Maddow. And on the QAnon fringe, sing, uh, they're gathering, waiting for former President Kennedy and John F. Kennedy Jr. to show up. And they will be running with Donald Trump again for president. And I believe this is it. I may be wrong. I did not preview. I previewed it at home, but I don't. I hope this is the right clip. Jackson, give that a try, please. Okay, it's actually kind of simple. You just have to listen closely. At the beginning, when this you're is Rachel Maddow. Period, it won't seem like it makes all that much sense, but just stick with it. Let it wash over you. Even the Mussolini part, just let it let it wash over you, and eventually, it will sink in and make sense. General Patton is the grandson of Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. All right. General Patton had a brother, which was Benito Mussolini as well, who came. So General Patton was the son of William Wallace Lincoln. Benito Mussolini was the son of Thomas Tad Lincoln. All right. Joseph Kennedy, the older brother of John F. Kennedy, presumed dead in World War II, was not dead. He went into hiding for protection. He had children. Joseph Kennedy begat General Michael Flynn, who happens to be first cousins to John John and his siblings as well. Trump You're is taking the all this in. son of General Patton. Just wanted to have a little comedy with you. First cousins to John John and the and the Kennedys as well. It's all about the bloodline. It's, it's all, all that's blood. about yeah. the bloodline. They've got it now. I told you it was simple. I told you it was simple. See, it's all about the bloodline. See how it's the Mussolini, Lincoln, and the Mus- Patton Mussolini. So those two gentlemen are promoters of the QAnon conspiracy theory, which gained all sorts of improbable traction on the right during the presidency of Donald Trump, and they're still around. Uh, QAnon folks think that the, or, or, or propound the idea that the entire American political and cultural establishment, um, all the Democrats and lots of celebrities too, they're all a big Satan-worshipping cabal of blood-drinking child sex traffickers. And crucially, Donald Trump is the one who will defeat them all and emerge victorious, and then all the Democrats will be sent to Guantanamo, and there will be mass public executions and blood will run in the streets. And I, I know some of this feels hard to follow at first. It can be hard to sort of translate into sane. But for what something that happened today, uh, it's worth trying to just catch what our dudes here said right at the end of that clip. Trump is the biological son of General Patton, which makes him first cousin <laughs> to John John and the, and the Kennedys. <laughs> Donald Trump is the biological first cousin of former President John F. Kennedy and the rest of the Kennedy family. He's not, right? <laughs> okay, but that's, that's what the idea. Think? Yesterday, hundreds of Americans, hundreds of our fellow Americans, take a listen uh, to this, please. QAnon supporters gathered in Dallas, Texas at Dealey Plaza, which is where President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. 
And uh, they turned up there yesterday and waited around for hours because they rightfully believed in their hearts of heart, heart of hearts. They truly, honestly, unironically believed that President Kennedy's son, JFK Jr., was going to reveal himself at the site where his father died to announce that not only was he not dead himself, but he was re-entering public life just in time to become Donald Trump's running mate in 2024. I tell you that this wasn't a joke to these folks, and they earnestly believed it. I mean, some of them did have shirts made up for the occasion. This one says, Trump Kennedy, keep the world Trump great. Kennedy. This one says, Trump you can see this on Jr., YouTube. 2024. They unfurled big campaign banners, too. They think that JFK Jr. is alive and he's going to run with Donald Trump for president and vice president in 2024. Um, did we land on the moon? No. 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 So, they yeah. also took this opportunity to share cool new thoughts on the moon landing. Yeah. Did we land on the moon? Oh, no. Me. John F. Kennedy Jr., according to these folks, was expected to reveal himself at 12.29 p.m., the exact time that President Kennedy was shot. At precisely that time, the crowd... Also disrespectful, by the way. The Pledge of Allegiance, but then, weirdly, he didn't turn up. Neither JFK Jr., nor his dad, nor anybody else from the Kennedy bloodline was, you know, appeared Total mystically at Dealey Plaza. And this is all insane, right? But it's hundreds of people. Yes, it is. Democrats and celebrities are secret blood drinking pedophiles stood around for hours to witness what they believed would be the reincarnation of several deceased Democrats and celebrities who are certainly not blood drinking pedophiles to watch the son of John F. Kennedy join Donald Trump, his first cousin, on the presidential ticket to 2024. If you talk to people who follow QAnon, who sort of track this strain of online extremism, uh, the whole JFK Jr. is coming back to run with Trump thing is considered a fringe belief even within the QAnon universe. It is something that really skirts around the very outer edges of that movement. But with that in mind, that just makes it particularly striking that this many people showed up in Texas this week to rally around a conspiracy so fringe it's rejected by even some of the most devout QAnon promoters. Joining us now is Ben Collins. He's a senior reporter for NBC News. He covers disinformation and extremism and the Internet. Ben, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you making time. All right. Thank you, Jax. Appreciate it. Thanks to MSNBC. Thank you, Rachel Maddow, for that piece. We, uh, I pulled that off YouTube, and uh, so they get full credit for it. Now, let me tell you what. We're going to go to our last series of breaks. We'll get back in here in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us. I'm Ed Raymer. You're listening to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show right here on WGNS. Back with you in just a minute. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Michelle Hauser coming to you from Hauser & Associates. We are a law firm that is dedicated to family law and serving for those individuals that have family law needs. You can contact us through uh, our telephone is 615-801-8602, or you can also reach us through Facebook or our website, which is www.borrowfamilylegal.com. That's Hello everyone, it's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow, give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website 
at piofmt.com. That's piofmt.com. Hey, this is Ed, everybody. want to tell you about a sponsor of ours. We've got Complete Yard Care. Their slogan is, we do it all. Low-maintenance landscape design, retaining walls, tree removal, stump grinding, lawns cut mulching, landscaping. Now, you can reach them at 615-785-0384. Or you can look them up on the web at completeyardcaretn.com. They have a five-star ranking on Google. That's Complete Yard Care. We do it all. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking and hope to start living. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Mullins Jewelers, 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to get out of here in just a few minutes. But I've got something else I want to play for you. This is from uh, Bill Moyers, and it's a recording I did. It's very rudimentary, but I want to play this for you. I want you to hear this, okay? This is uh, an interview that Mr. Moyers did with Joseph Huff, who was the dean of school uh, of uh, one of the colleges at Vanderbilt University. Here we go. All right, here we go. Jackson, you got this. Here we go. Hang on a minute. Check this okay. uh, this address out. Twenty seven. Hold on a minute. We got the wrong recording up. This recent issue of Forbes magazine. There you go. America's four hundred richest people got richer in the past twelve months with an aggregate net worth of, brace yourself, nine hundred and fifty five billion dollars, up ten percent from the previous year. Now look at this headline: the widest gap between rich and poor since. 1929, more than doubling in the last two decades. The Center for Budget and Policy Priorities in Washington has studied after-tax income and finds that if you take the 110 million poorest paid Americans, all their income combined is less than the combined income of the richest 2.8 million Americans. Now, some people say the class war is over, that with so much economic power and the means to make those big contributions to a political system that rewards donors over voters, the rich can perpetuate these extraordinary levels of inequality forever. Joseph Huff doesn't think so. Huff is the president of Union Theological Seminary in New York, called there from retirement after a lifetime as dean of the Vanderbilt Divinity School in Tennessee and the Claremont School of Theology in California. He recently took a hard look at these economic facts and was outraged. So outraged, he took to the pulpit and called on the three Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, to challenge the powers that be. You recently did a, a very radical thing. You called on the children of Abraham, Muslims, Christians, and Jews, to engage in an act of refusal. Well, my perception, uh, Bill, is that there is a definite 
intentional move on the part of political leadership in this country in a direction that I think is is not at all compatible uh, with the prophetic tradition in Islam, Christianity, or Judaism. And that is the obligation on the part of people who, who believe in God uh, to care for the least and the poorest. That central teaching, that sacred code, I think is very well summed up in Proverbs, uh, where the writer of Proverbs says, those who oppress the needy insult their maker. Those who oppress the needy insult their maker. And I think that it would be a wonderful thing if we could stand together, these three great Abrahamic traditions, and say, look, we do not countenance this sort of thing. It is not only unfair, it is immoral on the basis of our religious traditions, and we believe it's an insult to God. And it is what? The growing gap between the rich and the poor, which has become almost obscene by anybody's standards. Uh, and and the, the intentional, stated intentional policy of bankrupting the government so that in the future there'll be no money for anything the federal government would decide to do. We've all heard this from economists and yes. political pundits and, uh, and analysts, think tank experts, but we're hearing this from the president of a seminary? Yeah, you are. And the reason you are is because I think that it's not just a political pundit issue. It's not just a think tank issue. It is a deep and profound theological issue. And it has to do with whether we are faithful to the deepest convictions called for by our faith. Because the central teaching of Jesus is announced when he says from Isaiah 61, God has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, deliverance to the captives, freedom to the oppressed, and the year of Jubilee. And as you know, the year of Jubilee was the year when land reform was supposed to take place, debts were to be canceled, slaves freed. Jesus drew from that Jewish tradition, that, that covenantal tradition and the obligation to care for the needy. Jesus Christ was a Jew. To his soul, he was a Jew. By the time he was 11 years old, people were absolutely astounded at how well he knew the Jewish tradition. He crafted his message in direct connection to the Jewish tradition and it was no accident that Luke put Isaiah 61 in Jesus' mouth at Nazareth. The Spirit of God is upon me because God has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. If you go through the Gospel of Luke, the entire theme of Luke is this. It appears also in the Sermon on the Mount. It appears indirectly in the feeding of the 5,000 or 4,000, whichever you want. It's reported four times in the Gospel, more than any other single uh, event in the life of Jesus. In every case, and it also, it, in a way, it, it foreshadows the Eucharist because the Eucharistic meal was first a meal for the people who were the followers of Jesus. And if you look in Acts 3, you will see that those followers of Jesus saw to it that people who didn't have enough to eat could come to that table and get enough to eat. That was the, that was the radical model they put out there. Nobody likes to talk about that very much. But there it is, right in the middle of Acts and they continue to worship in the temple. This is a continuity with the best in the Jewish tradition. And, and, and it is also no accident that there are some strong similarities in the Quran. And that is why I think 
all of us in the Abrahamic traditions who share this conviction about care for the least fortunate should simply make some kind of public declaration that enough is enough. We've gone far enough, and it is not at all in the spirit of American democracy to, to, to generate inequality and, and, and to contradict equal opportunity in our society. Those are not the norms we've lived by. Again, I come back to the paradox, which is that these policies that, to which you are protesting, which you say are immoral, uh, were enacted by a Congress and an administration elected to a significant degree with the support of the religious right. Conservative Christians who yeah. got active in politics and saw that their candidates were elected, and they're seeing now the policies that they believe they elected those officials to carry out. Well, that's true, uh, Bill, but my dad, as I told you, is a Baptist preacher. He was until he was 84. And there was a notorious drunk in town who, when he got drunk, he really went after preachers. But he said he was born again Christian. And one day, someone asked my father if he thought Brother Suggs was a, was a born again Christian. My father said, only God knows that. But you know, the Lord Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. And speaking as a humble fruit inspector of the Lord, I'd say that if this person is a born-again Christian, there's a mixed signal somewhere. All right. Thank you, Jackson. Way. We're going to have to stop that there, folks. That was uh, Dr. Joseph Huff. Uh, was with the uh, Theolo Theological College here at Vanderbilt University on an interview he gave to Bill Moyers. That was on PBS some... Back about, I think, 2002, 2003. We're going to have to get out of here tonight. It's been a pleasure to be with you, folks. For the Evan Lee Raymer Show, I am Ed Raymer. And until next Sunday, I'll catch you down the road. Good night, everybody. <laughs>